Hello and welcome back to the Bi-Week Podcast. I'm Blake Shield, joined by Quinn Kyle and Cole Roberts. And today we're going to be talking about our top sleepers at each position in fantasy football. Yeah. Let's start with quarterbacks. Cole, you want to go first? Yeah, I'd love to start us off because I feel very passionately about this. I've got Tua Tagovailoa as my sleeper. A lot of people aren't taking him in the early rounds, and he's usually like that filler QB with the person who takes their QB 10th, 11th, 12th. But he's going to be a really good QB. He, we saw it last year. He's got rushing upside, and he's got elite weapons, and he's improved as a passer. So I see no reason why he wouldn't continue that upward trajectory. The only thing that really derailed him last year was injuries. Other than that, in the games he did play, he was a top seven QB week in and week out. He had some weeks where he would go for 40, but even just weeks where he would go for 15, that's still like, if that's his floor, that is a very solid floor. So I feel pretty confidently that if you're taking Tua as you're like late round, oh, I just need a QB, he could be a really good option for you as the season goes on. I actually really like that pick. Tua last year was super good, especially because that receiving core is so dominant and they pass the ball so much. Tua is kind of one of those guys where he's not the sexy pick, but he gets it done almost always. And yeah. even with those concussions, like he's going to be back. And when he played last year, he was a superstar. No one thought of him as good, but he was so, so good. And uh, I think the only issue is if he falls to a time where I think I can take him. He might even go a little too high for me. But, yeah, I really do like Tua. Yeah, I agree, especially with those new receiving weapons he has. As long as he can stay healthy, uh, he should be in great shape to be um, at least a backup quarterback. But, yeah, I'd feel comfortable taking him uh, at the bare minimum as a backup. Hey, Cole, where, where, uh, where would you take him, like, around other QBs? Like, what spot you think? Well, you know that I'm a... I don't like to take my QBs early in my drafts because I feel like QB is a very replaceable position, especially in fantasy or, you know, particularly in fantasy. But last and year was so, a little different, though. It was tough. I don't know. But even last year, like some guys that you were able to waiver wire just week to week, like, you know, Matthew Stafford was always a solid plug in. And a lot of the guys that people had taken as starters, like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, really started to falter. Brady, throughout the yeah. Year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so yeah, last year especially, it was bad. So if you're not getting one of those like top elite guys like the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Fields type guys, then I would say like you shouldn't use a, a big pick on a quarterback if you're not getting one of those elite guys, <laughs> Lamar Jackson too included. So like, do you think uh, Tua would – do you think he should be drafted like around QB7, like behind Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Hurts? Yeah, uh, I'd, have, I'd have him maybe like if you can get him in like the eighth, ninth round when you're maybe like the you know ninth through twelfth person taking. Like, would QB. you want to take him before Trevor Lawrence or after? No, I'd take him after Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think people are sleeping on Trevor Lawrence. And you know yeah. the segments about sleepers, right? And I wouldn't say Trevor Lawrence is a sleeper. No one's sleeping on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I'm just trying to gauge like where you think he would go because he's still going to get drafted I, high. I would have him as my QB nine, but I would still I still think he's going to outperform a lot of the guys above him. Yeah, no, that makes sense. What about you, Quinn? Uh, for my sleeper quarterback, I have Anthony Richardson. I know he's a rookie and he may not have the best throwing ability, but I think with Steve Steichen as his uh, head coach, he's going to be able to access a lot of Anthony Richardson's running and athletic ability. We saw what uh, Steichen did with Jalen Hurts last year. He he led them to a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts, who you know maybe is a better 
definitely is a better passer than a guy like Anthony Richardson. But I think Anthony Richardson definitely has a lot more athletic ability, and he is probably a better runner. And I think this Colts team is going to be a run-heavy offense, as they have always had a fairly solid offensive line. So expect Richardson to be extremely valuable uh, in the run game. And I believe that he's definitely worth a look in the later rounds if you need, um, you know, a backup, someone like that. Because I think during uh, the second half of the year, he could blow up like Justin Fields did last year. Yeah, and I definitely think that the upside is there. His ceiling could be insane. My only drawback on him would be, of course, the floor. He's a big high-risk, high-reward guy. So I like your idea of take him as a backup for your team. Because, you know, if he has that Justin Fields glow up where his legs start to complement his passing ability, he can be lethal. But his floor is pretty low considering, you know, you can't always rely on running from a QB. And I'm not too sold on his passing abilities yet, especially with the wide receiver core he has there and the offensive line, which is slowly deteriorated down in Indianapolis. Three years ago, yeah, I'd take him because he had a great because the Colts used to have great receivers, the best O-line. Now their O-line is really starting to fall. To, oh, my cat is – okay. So, yeah. <laughs> but, Cole, um, from, from recent talk, I know you're super, super high on Justin Fields. If you're super high on Justin Fields, how, could, how do you not like Richardson that much? Because I like Fields' ability to pass, and I think that they've improved their wide receiver core enough. Because we saw it last year that he was able to do both. His rookie year, he still had that rushing upside. He just wasn't passing the ball well. This year, once we started to see him being able to pass, he was able to push back defenses. They weren't able to stack the box on them. But he still wasn't passing well. Sudden, who? I don't think. Justin Fields was amazing last year at the end of the season in fantasy. There's no arguing. But it wasn't because of his passing at any shape. There's no passing, really. Yeah, but you him. need to have passing to be able to open up your running lanes. That's just the reality of the situation. But Fields didn't really do that last year. They never yes, passed. He did. We they saw didn't. towards the end of the year, we started seeing him launch it down the field. Okay, so yes, but Fields still only had like 150. Okay, maybe right. he is, but last year he didn't throw the ball in there. Yes, he was. You, you have to actually go back and watch it then. His passing numbers increased as the year went on. And to say that Justin Fields isn't a good passer at this point. Oh, no, he is, is a good passer, but like, he didn't use it last year. I mean, he wasn't good at fantasy because of passing. Yeah, but you're missing the point. A rushing QB has a limit on them if they can't pass it because the defense will come in, they will stack the box, and now he loses both his passing and rushing ability because they're not worried about him passing. At least with the passing ability, that opens up a QB's running ability because now defenses have to be wary of the pass game because they know they can torch him with a deep ball or with running. So it's you have to have passing to be able to run as a QB. It's just the reality of it. I guess, yeah. but... But he feels didn't run. I mean, he didn't pass last year. And also, like Richardson, Fields might be a faster runner. Fields might be the fastest in the league. It's questionable. But I think Richardson is almost up there as one of the most athletic quarterbacks, if not the most athletic. And he's a lot bigger than Fields. So where Fields is better in the open field, Richardson's going to be better in the red zone with getting red zone touch, touchdowns. I think for sure. But in that same way. You know, you can't, you have to realize that it's still a quarterback that we're drafting here, not a running back. And Lamar actually used to struggle his rookie year. Remember, he struggled greatly both in fantasy and in on the actual field. Then his second year, he had a big jump because he got that passing ability. We saw him evolve as a quarterback, not as a running back. 
there used to be the running back jokes about him. Now no one's even saying that because he's actually improved. And that same year, he won the MVP, and he set the rushing record by a quarterback. It's just the reality of the situation that a quarterback has to be able to pass. And you can look at guys like Justin Fields, his improvement after being able to pass. You can look at guys like Lamar Jackson for it. And I think that if you look at Anthony Richardson, you're going to see that he's nowhere near an NFL caliber passer yet. Maybe okay, an so NFL well, caliber runner. What would you but, consider a, like a good amount of passing yards for a game for an NFL quarterback? 250, 300? That's not what you need. That's I'm not talking about that. You can have as few or as many passing yards a game as long as you have that ability to open up the defense. We started seeing but Justin never Fields passes, being able to hit. No ability. We started seeing Justin Fields being able to hit deeper throws as the year went on. And even though he started, he actually outrushed his passing yards in a lot That's of what games. I'm saying I'm looking at they his passing still were willing 75 yards, 119, 150. Like you still have to respect the passing game. Ultimately, if a quarterback only runs or only has the ability to run, a defense will sag in. It's just the reality of the situation. But, you but need to be so able Cole, to Cole, to your point, you're comparing Anthony Richardson, a guy who hasn't played an NFL snap, to to, to Justin Fields, who's going on his third year in the NFL, and Lamar Jackson, who's going on what his fifth. This is what makes Anthony Richardson a sleeper. We have to keep in mind we're talking about sleepers here. I think Anthony I Richardson is definitely going to have the same, if not even better, rushing value than a guy like Lamar or Justin. But the throwing value is likely not there. But that's what but makes you, him a sleeper. And that's that's my issue with it is he doesn't have that passing upside, so he's going to lose his rushing upside. That's my whole point. And Richardson doesn't have a passing upside, you think? My, the first thing I, think I said. The, opposite. When, the first thing I said after Vig uh, said his little you know speech about Anthony Richardson was, I love his ceiling. I hate his floor. That's why I thought it was a good idea to take him as a backup. It's the same thing. I disagree. I, I think I think it. his floor is higher because of that rushing ability. It's something I agree. you can rely on. Floor is higher. Uh, you know, I go ahead and draft Anthony well. Richardson. You're going to see that he's not going to put up as many points as you're going to like. You're going to be like, why is that? He has such great rushing upside. It's because to be a good rushing quarterback in this league, you have to be able to pass. It's just how the league works. But 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 Fields didn't pass last year. You know that, right? I'm just saying. Yes, he did. He was I mean, do you think consistent. Lamar Jackson passes Look, a lot, Cole? Yeah, he does. You don't have to pass a lot. You have to be able to have that ability to pass. And Richardson doesn't. He might have the biggest yeah, Richardson wouldn't, Richard, of all time. You guys are, you guys are mistaking actual no, statistics no. for actual football. And okay, so, okay so I understand. So uh, Fields is he, – he can. He can pass fine. But what, what has been the real struggle for him? It's been accuracy, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, that was so his, thing, that was his but, issue. But, his rookie year in the beginning yeah, so of his but he's still year, no, but, but Quinn, even someone who loves fields, you you can still agree that his accuracy is, is his biggest fault, don't you think? I mean, I'd say he he has plenty of arm strength, but I mean, yes, there, but he, he there, needs accuracy, right? Sure, but so, I so mean, what about Richardson? What is his biggest fault? His accuracy, I, he has plenty of look, arm strength, and, but also, Blake, but you're also, proving my point, Blake. Blake, you are proving my point. Justin Fields, before he started having his passing ability, you look at his rookie year and the beginning of this past year, he wasn't a good fantasy quarterback. Once the defenses started respecting his passing game, he started having those running lanes because defenses had to be pushed back. You are proving my point by saying that. No, but I just don't even think the defense respected his passing game last year. He was just an amazing runner. That's what I think. No, but when he he never showed me respecting his passing ability, he couldn't run. He was a great runner the whole year. He, he didn't have did those opportunities no, because he didn't have the ability to pass. 
It's just how football works. We're talking about real life football at this point. So you think I'm just saying, yeah, fantasy. I know, I, I know, but I'm just saying, you think Richardson is not going to scare the defense with his passing at all? No, I think you don't. He, he had a 60% completion percentage in college. I understand that. Is that. Terrible. I understand that. But he still how do you has going to translate to the NFL. He still has the ability to make insane passes. We've seen it. So you think but that's cool. not scary for the defense? I don't Cole, think here's the thing. I think scared of his passing ability. No. I don't think they're scared of fields, bro. I think I, Steve Steichen I, is smart, and it, he's going to run a lot of RPO. He has, he has Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson, two very talented and athletic runners of the ball. I think Anthony Richardson maximum is going to hit 20 attempts to to throw the ball per game. Maximum. Yeah, and that's what Fields never got that either. I'm just going to say. Well, I mean, Fields, no, Fields, def, I think Fields' ceiling was 18. And yes, his, or sorry, so Fields', quit, fields floor was 18, kind of and the same ceiling is probably right close to 30. You guys are confusing, like, how no. real football translates into fantasy football. That's what I think we're missing here is, like, real life. You have to think about it in the actual game. An actual defense has to respect your passing ability. It's just how the NFL works. And if a defense doesn't respect that, they will okay. move in. They will stack that. the box. You have nothing. But cool. What what uh what happened for the defense to respect Fields? What game are you talking about? He started, what he started making passes what? throughout he the year. He had seventy five yards a game. What do you mean? No, he didn't. You look at towards the middle of the year. He yes. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I tell you what it is towards the middle of the year. One hundred and twenty. One hundred and sixty. One hundred and fifty. One hundred seventy. Tell me his completion percentage. Tell okay. me his completion. Thirty three. Sixty. Sixty five. 80, but he threw no passes. 60, 60, 60, 70, 50, 60. Now go back to his rookie year and compare it to that. And that's what I'm going to say. Still you, not you, good. Even just in what you told me, you saw that he went from 33 now to being a solid 60%, which no, is what I, I already, Anthony Richardson no, was no, in college. No, 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 no. Quinn, I, I guess you, you mean not Quinn. Cool, you, you misunderstood. His most recent game, the last game he played was 33. Not, it's not, he's not going up. The last game he played was 33. I'm just telling you that. You have to be. I'm just telling you that, that, that I understand. He's a good quarterback. It's just how it is. We saw him improve. A defense is not going to start letting him run all over them. So you think he ran like, super well oh, because they were scared of his throwing attempts? Clearly, someone was scared of him. Blake. Cole, no, I don't think he's a super Cole, good runner. Cole, I don't think any defense was ever scared of the Bears passing a game. Thank you. Not, not because. Not because. And it's, then why, I'm, then I'm going to defend Justin Fields, and, it, and it, I don't think it's because Justin Fields is a shitty thrower. I think he's he, but he has clearly has yet, has a he great arm. He has zero receiver core. There's no yes. defense in the NFL that's ever been afraid of the Chicago Bears receiving core last yes. year. He ran very Fields well. Fields is just right. a flat-out bona fide runner. great runner. Thank that's you. What I made right, you know, we've that's wasted way too much time on this. But no, cool. This is what's good about podcasts. trying to talk. Be my guest. Take Anthony also the Richardson. last thing I'll say is that the last thing I'll say is don't you think Richardson will have a good touchdown upside uh with rushing attempts? Of course he will. As long as, long again, as they can get you to actually have to be able to like you know like, have, like rushing lanes. Body you're not gonna be able to do that if the defense is up on you and stacking the box every play. You can when you're a big guy like that. Like Cam Newton did it all the time. No, you can't. Cam Newton like, did it all the time. You can't though. rely on that. And plus, with it, with Jonathan Taylor he there, okay, I'm just, they uh, can just give it to him and let him run it. I'm just saying, it's a little weird how you love Fields' upside, but you don't like Richardson's. Because I like Fields as a passer a lot more. And that I like how Fields no proved that he can pass. I don't think I, he did. I watched Anthony Richardson all of last year. I watched all eight of their home games. 
he was not a good quarterback. As someone who watches Florida football, he's not a good quarterback. I agree, but nor was Fields last year. Just the way well, it is. Fields actually produced in fantasy, at least, and I don't yes, think Anthony because Richardson he ran, will Because fantasy. he ran. And I think yes, Fields has actually become a good so, quarterback. Cole, you disagree with Cole, this that, Cole, like, that's what we're talking he about. He's yeah. a sweeper in fantasy, not in, not real, in real life. He's a sweeper in fantasy. But and Fields I, was good last that's year what because I said. He ran. I, from the start, you guys are like acting like I'm on Anthony Richardson, like vigilant hater. The you first are. You told thing us I you said are. was, I like his ceiling. The first thing I said was, I like his ceiling. I just don't like his floor. Take him as a backup. Go ahead. That's probably a smart draft move. But I'm just saying that I would not rely on him in fantasy. So then how do you I never said I never that's not that's never what we said. I said I said he should be taken as a late rounder QB2 who could possibly, I, I never who could possibly burst in the second half of the year. No, 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 I know. There's no disagreement. I just thought it was interesting that you love Fields, but you don't like Bedgerton. They kind of have this right now. I actually like throw. Fields. I think he's a better passer and he's proven he can run in the NFL. He Fields is definitely a, oh, definitely a passer, better passer, but 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 Fields was great in fantasy for rushing last year, not passing. Because, it. We haven't seen yeah. him be great for passing yet. You are missing the point. Passing no, ability translates to rushing ability. It's or just rushing opportunity. Why was he good in fantasy last year? Why was why was because good in defenses respected him enough that they stayed back and he had those rushing lanes. It's just how it works. Cole, I don't think so. If you watch any of his so. big runs, Dude, he, he just, made he like five people yes. miss. Yeah, they weren't playing like because he gets into zone. open field. You got okay. You know what? Okay. Again, I just I, I just think that the, the, the Bears yeah. did not have a good passing game last year. They, everyone rushed the box. He was still good. That's why I think Richardson can still be good even when they keep rushing. No, because then he would be able to go over their heads and hit them with the pass, and they say, "Oh crap, we got to respect didn't. him. Move back." <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, All he right, did. Talked about seventy-five yards a game last year. All right. Whatever. Okay. My quarterback sleeper is Russell Wilson. I think he's going to have a huge bounce back season. I mean, they have to figure out. He has a massive contract. He isn't going anywhere. It's going to change. People tend to forget that over the last 10 years, he was a QB eight, eight out of the 10 times and a QB, a QB in top five, five times. He's been amazing always. I don't think one like really bad year. I don't think one year in age really changed that much. I think he just had a bad year. With a new with a new system like like and no one really worked out. Hackett didn't work out. He had a horrible coach. Yeah, he had a horrible coach. Now he has Sean Payton, who was amazing. And I just I see him finishing way better. I see him going back to the old Russell Wilson because I've seen him play amazing. And I think this offense is gonna be way better. And Russell Wilson's still really good quarterback. No matter how much you think he didn't play good last year, he didn't play good. I agree. But I think I think he's gonna bounce back. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished top eight. I, th- I think his draft value is definitely low right now just because of how bad of a year he had last year. But I think they boosted up their wide receiver core a little bit. Uh, Jerry Judy started to bloom a bit last year. We started to see yeah. some flashes of his true ability. I think the Broncos could thrive this year as long as Russell Wilson. You know, I like Blake said, I'm not going to be worried. One year is one year. Everyone has a bad year. And Russell it's not Wilson, like, yeah, he's not 40. I mean, he was so good. And all of a sudden, you think this one year being 34 just changed everything. I think yeah. it was more the system and how unorganized and how Hackett and the whole team, like no one liked Hackett. It was just, it just seemed, everything seemed all messed up. I don't think he forgot how to ball. I don't know exactly what happened, but I trust him to bounce back. And that's what I think. Just seems like really, there was so much yeah. drama on that team last year. Yeah. I think he's going to be really low in drafts, but it would not surprise me if he ends up being a, a QB1 starter most weeks. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys want to move to running backs? Cool. Who do you have? 
Uh, all right. My number one sleeper is Alexander Madison of the Minnesota Vikings. I think a lot of people aren't really thinking of him as a fantasy football star because he's always been like a waiver wire pickup that people usually do when Cook is out. But he always produces when Cook has been out. And now he has a whole season to finally prove himself as a starter. I think this is going to be his year. I think he's going to be, um, you know, an ex- extremely valuable player. Not even just in the flex spot. I think he's going to be a solid RB two, maybe even RB one if he lives up to his potential. Oh yeah, I love Madison. I, I think he's going to be drafted like maybe top three rounds. I don't, I don't think he's really a sleeper. He's going to be great. He's he's the guy in that Vikings offense. So um yeah, I think he's going to be great. But I don't know how much value you can get out of him like drafting him late because he won't be there. If he's there in the fourth, fifth round, I think he is going to be a very valuable pick. For sure. Uh, for my sleeper running back, I have Rashad White. I made a TikTok video on him like a few months back. And now that Leonard Fournette is out of the picture, I think Rashad White is ready to take uh, and be the focal point of this offense. He started to show a lot of promise last year with his you know, fast and shifty uh, athletic ability. And now that Baker is going to be leading this offense, I think the Buccaneers are going to be relying on the run game a lot. So I'd expect Rashad to get uh, at least a, you know, a ton of touches per game uh, rushing and then also a lot of reception receptions out of the backfield with a lot of yards after the catch. And I really think that the Buccaneers are going to use him and you know just kind of build their whole offensive strategy around him this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, the Buccaneers offense has been very poor in the run game recently, like the worst in the league. But the reason that Rashad White was good last year is because he's great in the passing game. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady loved to dump it down. But whether it's whether it's Baker or uh, who's the other quarterback there? Baker and um, Kyle Trask. Yeah, but whether Trask. it's Baker or Kyle Trask, neither of them are going to be slinging it. I, I still see... Uh, Rashad White gonna gonna get a lot of catches out of the backfield. So even if that rushing upside really isn't there, if he gets eight like you know seven or eight targets a game, he's gonna be great in fantasy because that's what you want out of a running back. Yeah, yeah. He can, he's gonna be a solid flex play every week. I think like a solid starter. Yeah, that's where I had him. Uh, just kind of like draft position wise, as as a guy you could take as like a RB three or a flex play. If you're, yeah, I th- I think he has a lot of upside. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart, Blake. Who's your running back? Um, mine's actually Rashad Penny. Oh, it's interesting because when you actually see Penny play, he's a monster always. Like at the end of the 2021 fantasy football season in the playoffs, he had 150 yards three times in a row. And then last year he was pretty much injured the entire year. He's injured often, which is kind of the biggest deal about him. But when he plays, he's great. He averages 5.7 yards per carry, which is one of the best in the entire NFL. Look, it's a sleeper. You're going to be able to draft him late. It's not someone you need to rely on. When it's a sleeper, it's okay to take risks. And he might be injured, or he might put up 115 yards every single game, especially in that Eagles offense. I understand DeAndre Swift's there. But we saw last year in Detroit, Jamal Williams had no problem just taking over DeAndre Swift. And if Rashad White plays good, which I think he will, he can take over DeAndre Swift too. And we saw Miles Sanders play good in the backfield last year. And Rashad White is much better of an actual running back when he's healthy. Not Rashad White, sorry. Rashad Penny is much better of an actual running back when he's healthy. So I see if if he stays healthy, he could be someone everybody is talking about in a lineup lock every single week, just whether or not he can. But I'm willing to take that risk if it's a late-round sleeper. Yeah, I completely agree with you because we saw him last year start to thrive with the Seahawks. 
And his whole career, he's just been very like unfortunate with his circumstances, whether yeah. it's being behind other great running backs, being injured. He was a beast back in college. He was a first rounder as a running back. That yeah. means something in today's NFL. And I think that he's finally going to have like a new place to be, new opportunities, new offense. I think he can thrive in that Eagles offense. It's like even with all these injuries, he's still so explosive every time I watch him play. Yeah. As long as he can stay healthy, which is which is a very big deal. That's why a lot of people aren't going to draft him. He's going to be great. The Eagles obviously yeah. saw something in him, so I trust you know, him. The only scary thing with that Eagles offense is that they now have DeAndre Swift there as well. And so they might have to split touches, which, you know, always hinders. But I still think even with that, he can be a solid flex play. Yeah. Yeah, kind of on Cole's point. I think the only reason why Rashad Penny is in a, you know, just kind of like a well-known RB2, RB1 kind of guy, is just because he's in a crowded running back room right now. But if one of those guys goes down, or even if just Rashad Penny ends up getting a majority of the touches, he's an excellent guy to take late in your fantasy drafts. Yeah, like I was saying... Jamal Williams, he's a good running back, but he's no he's no superstar. No. Had no issue like taking over pretty much all of DeAndre Swift's carries last year, even when he was healthy some weeks. I think Rashad Penny is much better running back than Jamal Williams. It wouldn't surprise me if that happened again. If if Rashad Penny's getting 80% and DeAndre's getting 20, he, he's going to be great in fantasy. Yeah, and you saying uh, Jamal Williams actually brings me to a player that I have as a comp to Jamal Williams, and that is Zach Charbonnet. I think that he's going to be a goal line beast this year. And I think that he's going to steal a lot of touches from Kenneth Walker, which is why I'm a little hesitant on Kenneth Walker, but especially yeah. if he gets, you know, a majority of carries. So let's just say even he gets a third of the touches from, uh, from Kenneth Walker and he's a goal line beast. I think that Zach Charbonnet could be a really good player that you maybe take late rounds. Like I'm talking like towards the end of the draft and then store him on your bench for the season he could pay big dividends if we see him start to grow as a player. He could be a really, really underrated sleeper. Yeah, I agree. Charbonnet's a big body, so I think he's going to get a lot of red zone carries, much more than Kenneth Walker. Um, so he could be another guy like Jamal Williams, like you were saying. Yeah, I actually love that comp because, you know, Kenneth Walker's so explosive in the open field, but – but uh, sorry, Jack Char Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet is, is one of those guys kind of like Jamal Williams, you know, who can just push it in and get the touchdown. And yeah. so – even if Walker is getting, I mean, like I talked a lot of down on Swift, but there were some games where Swift had 20 carries and Jamal Williams had six, but Jamal still had three touchdowns. I mean, if that's how it's going to work in Seattle, then I want to count on the guy who gets touchdowns, really. Yeah, and even at that, Zach Charbonnet is a great open field runner too. He has really great speed for his size, and he has the ability to make guys miss. We saw him last year in college pulling out spin moves, trucking guys. I mean, he really is a full package like – if he was not in a backfield with Kenneth Walker already there, he would be a solid starting running back on an NFL team, I really feel like. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth Walker played amazing last year, and they still drafted Zach Charbonnet. So there's a reason. They must have really, really liked him. So he's going to be used a lot, I think. Yeah. And I actually had a second running back sleeper, Samaje P. Ryan. Javonta Williams had that terrible injury last year, and he's still not going to be back until likely – in the middle of the season or the lower end of the first half, maybe like five or six games he's going to miss. Brees Hall and him had similar injuries, but Brees Hall is looking better. Javante Williams is, is going to miss a, a good amount of games, and Samaj P. Ryan, they added to be the guy. I mean, we saw what Joe Mixon was out last year, that Samaj P. Ryan looked great. And so this offense that – the Broncos offense last year that made Latavius Murray look good 
can for sure make Samaj P. Ren look good, especially if there's no one else there. You know, uh, I think this offense is going to be better in the in the passing attack, but they're still going to run a lot. It's still the way it is. And Samaj P. Ryan is a great guy at passing out of the catching out of the backfield and rushing the ball. Yeah, I really like that. Really like that pick. Yeah, I just I haven't really considered Samaj, so I guess that's credit to you for you know thinking of him as a get him late, yeah, yeah, because that's you know the purpose of this segment. Uh, yeah, I I don't even know that we would. I mean, I don't know that we would even necessarily take him in our drafts. But then, like, I think he's going to be taken this year for sure. But then, especially if like you know you're during the season, you need a waiver wire flyer. He could end up being a guy that you know not only take on your team, but you know pays dividends as the season continues from there. I mean, yeah. Let's just say for that sure. Javonta misses five games. If you can get someone in the eleventh round who can give you RB one numbers for five weeks, that's only five weeks. That's still great value, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He did a great job filling in for Joe Mixon last year. It, did, yeah, it really it didn't feel does. like that rushing that rushing attack uh, lost a beat. So, um, yeah, I really like that pick. I think he could do the same. Uh, for the Broncos. Yeah. All right, Big, who's your next sleeper? Uh, at the wide receiver position, I think you're going to like this guy. Uh, I have Calvin Ridley. He was an absolute superstar before he got suspended, and he's getting a fresh start with a great coach and an even more promising and constantly improving QB in Trevor Lawrence. This offense has loved throwing the ball over the past year. And, you know, I'd expect Calvin Ridley to get a, a lot of the attention in this passing attack. Uh, the time off is obviously a concern. I think it was like two years, but he's definitely worth a look to be maybe a flex play or a, a, a backup wide receiver. Oh, I think he's going to be, you know, a solid wide receiver one or two in this league. I don't think he, people are taking him as a flex even. I think people take Calvin Ridley and they're saying, this guy is, you know, one of my starting receivers. He's because the Jaguars have that kind of wide receiver group where not one guy will take too many of the targets, but it makes everyone else have to worry about each other. Cause you got Christian Kirk there, Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, you got ETN who's in the passing game, Zay Jones. They've got five options that they can go to. Defenses will have to be spread out against them. And so I think Calvin Ridley definitely will be one of the biggest beneficiaries of that. Yeah, I agree. I love Calvin Ridley. I think the only issue is that he's such, a, he's such a big name. He's gonna go high in drafts because people love Calvin Ridley, and he came from Alabama, and he played played great with Julio Jones. So if he falls to me in a good spot, I'd love to take him. But I'm just scared of his big name value and that he might go a little too high. So I'd like to do a, a quick segment because Calvin Ridley is one of those guys that's really good. We haven't seen him play in a long time, so he's hard to rank. Where would you guys feel good about taking him? If Calvin Ridley was available in the fifth round of my draft and he's still untouched, I would jump on him right there. I think my first four rounds need to be my guys who I'm like really, really solid on my wide receivers or maybe like, you know, your running backs. Like those are the rounds where you need to do that. But like you get to the fifth round, Calvin Ridley's still there. He's a guy who has big upside and has proven in years past that he was like a first through third round pick. Yeah. If he's sitting there in the fifth. Now is the time that I think you jump on him. I think someone might take him a little earlier than that in every draft because people are going to look at the big name value. But if he's there in your fifth round, boom, I, I'm taking him. No question. Yeah, I agree with Cole. If he's in that slot where I'd take like a wide receiver two and it's in like the fifth or sixth round, I think I'm comfortable with taking a bit of a risk with a guy who could have a ton of upside. So, yeah, I agree. Fifth or sixth round, I'd totally take Calvin Ridley. 
Would you guys draft him ahead of hmm, who's someone to be a good comp? How about Michael Pittman Jr.? Yeah. yeah ahead or below? Ahead. I'd take him ahead and not – I actually think that Pittman's a better receiver. It's just that, you know, we just had a whole thing about Anthony Richardson as a yeah. passer. I don't feel like getting back into that because that got a little heated. But, yeah, that's my concern with Pittman is rookie quarterback who is notorious for not yeah. being a good passer. How about T. Higgins? Would you take him below no, or ahead? I'd take T. Higgins. But ahead, yeah. right? Yeah, oh, I yeah. would too, yeah. Higgins is a third round. Higgins, yeah, Higgins is great. I was just, I was just thinking, I was just trying to gauge yeah. where you guys are. Yeah, I, I um, do. I, I love really too. It, it's funny. He's like sneaky old a little bit, but it doesn't really bother me because he's just been resting the like the last two years. So I don't think it really aged him like that. How about you, Blake? Who's another sleeper receiver you have? I have a Juju Smith-Schuster, and this mm. is if the Pats don't trade for Hopkins. If the Pats don't trade for Hopkins, it's pretty much Juju's game. I mean. We saw Juju last year in uh, not amazing, but it was crowded wide receiver core with Kelsey and Valdez Scantling and Sky Moore and Juju. And Juju was for sure the guy you wanted in fantasy. We can all agree on that. And the more Juju's age, he's kind of became this guy who's more of a possession possession catcher, get the first down, get the quick touchdown. And that's exactly how the Patriots play and exactly how Mac Jones plays. He's not going to chuck the deep ball. That's not how Juju plays. I think they, the way Mac Jones plays and the way Juju plays kind of connects really well. And we've seen... Possession catchers be really good in that Patriots offense in the past, like Julian Edelman, obviously. And oh, yeah. if and if you know if they don't add anyone else, that that receiving core is super dry. And Juju is still great, so I I think of Juju as someone I can get later in the rounds, and I'd love to flex him really. Yeah, for sure. You know, a guy like Bill Belichick is going to be able to get the most out of everybody, and we yeah. saw in Juju's earlier seasons how successful he was uh, in Pittsburgh. So you know, I could totally see Juju make a bit of a comeback. Uh, in New England, I think he's one of those guys who has a yeah a high floor and a low ceiling. You know, he's just going to get you that fifteen. He's going to get you that seventeen. He's not going to give you thirty, but I think he's a solid guy. Yeah, and I love that you bring up guys being misused or correctly used by the Patriots because one of my sleepers is Jacoby Myers. Now that he's with Vegas, I think we're going to see him take a big step. You know, people are not going to be drafting him in the first six, seven rounds because you know no one's taking Jacoby Myers that early. Because, you know, he's been misused with the Patriots. He's not a Patriots receiver. You know, Belichick loves the Wes Welkers. He loves the Julian Edelmans. He doesn't like to go with the, you know, freakish athleticism of a guy like Jacoby Myers. And now that I think he's with the Raiders, plus especially that uh, targets are being taken away by uh, Devontae Adams, I think Jacoby Myers could be a really good player. He's, again, the kind of guy that, I would love to have as a consistent flex play or at least have on my bench for when I need to put in a guy here and there. I think he's going to have a much better season than he's had with the Patriots. He's going to start getting touchdowns for the first time in his career. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I think that once he has that touchdown upside thrown into his fantasy game, I think he's going to be a really solid player. I think Jacoby's been a sleeper literally his entire career. He's been misused. Do would you guys bet on Hunter Renfro or Jacoby Myers finishing higher in fantasy? I'd take Jacoby for sure. Renfro yeah, had a bad year last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's left a sour know. taste in my mouth. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I'm up in the air. I, I still a Renfro believer from the year before. He did play amazing. But the thing I, is, I do love Jacoby. The thing is, I think a lot of those Raiders receivers might take a bit of like a like a recession in their attention just because Jimmy G's there. I think the Raiders are going to try and run the ball a lot, but Jimmy G is not notoriously known for his Hopefully passing Jimmy ability. G plays. Hopefully, what? he might not play. He might not play Jimmy G. 
I've heard that he like uh, no, he passed failed a physical. physical. No, the, he passed he it. He did. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, we've seen Jimmy G just just because like, you brought it up. We've seen Jimmy G, maybe because this is from Shanahan, but it's still Jimmy G. We've seen Jimmy G spread targets uh, well and get everyone involved in in San Fran. So if he can do that in in Las Vegas, then I can see obviously Devontae Adams, but Renfro and Myers being good because there's no Waller there anymore. There's no tight ends in question. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do have one more sleeper wide receiver. This is not much of a sleeper, but I think he's going to – is due for a massive breakout, and that's Jerry Judy. If you haven't noticed, I've talked about three different Broncos, Russell Wilson, Samaje Piran, and now Jerry Judy, because I think this offense is going to be way better. Mark my word. At the beginning of the season, Jerry Judy was overlooked by Cortland Sutton. Sutton was the guy, and Judy was kind of the second person there. And then Judy dealt with injuries. But at the end of the season, he kind of put it all together, averaging 20.5 points per game over five games, over the last five games. Sutton's kind of getting fitted away from that offense. And we saw Russell Wilson start to play better and Judy not struggle with injuries. And those last five games, he was a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. If he can be like that next year, which I think he will, I think Sutton's kind of the man of the past. And like I said, I think his passing offense is going to be better. I expect him to be a starter every single week. He's he's not a sleeper like someone you can get super late, but I would love him to have to be my wide receiver too on my team. Yeah, and while I wouldn't consider him a sleeper, yeah, no, I he's do, not. I do love your like logic behind like why like why you're at least throwing him in this conversation. Like he's not a guy who's going to be a like preeminent wide receiver two in the draft, but he's he's going to be someone's wide receiver two or maybe flex. But he's going to be a guy that is going to be a beast this year. Russell Wilson is, you know, he's going to improve. I really believe it, especially yeah. with Sean Payton there. They're going to improve. Nathaniel Hackett was their coach last year. Like he's it was horrible. He's arguably one of the worst coaches in NFL history, right up there with Urban Meyer. And you look at Trevor Lawrence from the year he had Urban Meyer to the year he finally had an actual Super Dougie Bowl winning. P. Yeah, Dougie P is a Super Bowl winning coach. Comes yeah. in after a notoriously bad coach, changes him around. Russell Wilson had a notoriously bad coach. Is now getting a Super Bowl winning head coach. I think that he will improve this year. Fine. And like I said. Russell Wilson has been a top three fantasy quarterback five years in his career. He's notoriously amazing for fantasy. You know, let him cook. But and if he cooks again, the pass is going to have to go somewhere. And I really do think Sutton is he's going to be there, but he's kind of faded out. Just shoot his game. Let's go. Any other wide receivers? Oh, I have um, DJ Chark on mine. Ooh. He's now with Carolina. A lot of people don't know that even. A lot of people still think he's with the Lions. He is with Carolina now. He's going to be a beast this year. He is like a that. big, tall receiver. He's a red zone classic threat. And especially now with Bryce Young there, I think he's going to have a breakout year. Because Jared Goff with the Lions, was he just never seemed to like throwing to Chark. And Chark was out more than half the year too. It, it just wasn't a good situation, wasn't a good year. You go back to the rest of his career though, when he's with Jacksonville, he was a great player, a great red zone threat. And even when he had Nick Foles as his QB, he was still producing at a high rate, made a pro bowl. So now yeah. that he's with Bryce young, who's a guy who's going to want to throw the ball. He's young. He loves to take those deep shots. I think this is a perfect situation for DJ Chark to be in. He's going to compliment well with Adam Thielen in that wide receiver core. I think he's going to have a great year, especially with DJ Moore now out of the picture. Uh, in their wide receiver room now he's now that he's on Chicago you know there's a lot of 
there's there's room for for a wide receiver to you know go up and prove himself and take that spot as the wide receiver one on that team. And I think DJ Chark definitely has the ability to do so. Yeah, just because you brought it up, I like Adam Thielen too. I wasn't really thinking about him, but it makes sense for him to have a pretty big year too. Uh, you know, young quarterbacks notoriously look up to veteran wide receivers, and I bet Thielen is teaching Bryce Young a lot. And whenever Bryce Young is rolling out of the pocket and he just needs a short catch, Thielen's going to be there. He's always been great at that kind of stuff, possession catches. So I think Chark and Thielen could both be great. Yeah, and that offensive line is going to improve too. They took Ikemek Wonu yeah. really early last you, year, yeah. and he was one of the best offensive linemen you know, probably in the NFC last year. He was really great, and he's just going to improve. They've gotten a better offensive line through the free agency in the draft this year again. I think that not only is Bryce Young set up well, but Adam Thielen and DJ Chark are all set for big years this year. Yeah, the Panthers are going to be good pretty soon. Yeah. Just in general. I was going to tight ends. Yeah. Quinn, who's your tight end? Yeah. Um, I kind of have two, I guess. But I have Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, both Damn. the tight both the tight ends on uh the Dallas Cowboys. Dak loved targeting the tight ends last year, but it was kind of a committee. Maybe Dalton Schultz with you know he he was considered the tight end one, but Ferguson and Hendershot got plenty of playing time. They ran you know plenty of two tight end formations, sometimes even three, and it just seemed like Ferguson. Either Ferguson, Hendershot, or Schultz were getting what like one of them was getting a tight end per game, and now Schultz is gone. So I think Ferguson and Hendershot are going to end up getting a lot more targets, and I would expect their production to only increase from last year. I know you know ESPN has Ferguson as the tight end one on that depth chart, depth chart, but I think these guys are really going to split. So if you're in the late rounds and you don't really have you know a set tight end, I would take one of these two guys. Just because, you know, they're big red zone targets, and they'll, you know, they'll get plenty of uh, receptions per game. They they both have really solid hands. Yeah, I like that. Just because Dak has always loved the tight end, like you said, I wish it was just one of them. Like that was much better than the other, because then, right. then he would probably be a superstar. But if you can try to figure out which one Dak likes more, then he could for sure be a viable player. Mm-hmm. Cole, what do you think? Um, I've got Mike Gesicki now with New England. I think he's going to start having a better year this year because, you know, in years past, people would always take him as a late round tight end. And then last year, kind of just everyone dropped him. By the end of the year, he was only rostered in 30% of leagues because the Dolphins just weren't using him. Yeah, Mike McDaniel hated him, bro. <laughs> yeah. Patriots, we know they like their tight ends. Uh, we saw that Hunter Henry was a good tight end in this offense. We saw Johnny Smith even have some production in this offense. Mike Kosicki now there as the tight end one. A lot of people aren't really thinking of him as a like premier tight end. I think he could end the year as a tight end, you know, five, six, seven. And but he's being taken right now as a tight end nine. So I think he's a sleeper that not a lot of people are considering, but they really should. Yeah, no, I like Kasiki a lot. I mean, he's always been one of those really athletic tight ends. I can catch a lot of touchdowns. And the Patriots need that. They don't really have that many people to catch the ball. I like Juju Smith, and I like Mike Kasiki as well. And finally. My sleeper tight end, probably because you've been imagining, I'm going to say this, is Chigazim Okonkwo. I say he's going to finish as a top six tight end in fantasy this next year. Chig led all tight ends in the entire league in yards per route run and finished second in the NFL, only behind Tyreek Hill. Just for just because you're curious, Travis Kelsey was 12. Uh, 
Chig isn't your normal like five yard catch tight end. He's one of those guys who goes deep and he catches deep balls all the time. Also, last year he was in the shadow of Hooper a little bit. Hooper was a veteran. He'd been good for years. And Tannehill kind of targeted Hooper more. But now Hooper's gone. <laughs> He's not on the Titans anymore. It's Chig's team. That wide receiver core is so damn dry. It's like Traylon Burks, who hasn't really proved himself at all yet, and Chig is That's it. I think he's going to demand a big target share. Even though the Titans aren't going to throw that much, it's going to Traylon, it's going to Chig. He's not going to block a lot. You're not going to have the George Kittle issues where he blocks and he doesn't really catch. He goes to routes and he catches the ball. And I think he's going to be great. He's going to have a big breakout year. Even last year, we saw him playable some weeks in fantasy. This year, especially, I think he's going to be good. Yeah, I think that's really great take. Oconqua was, you know, he really started to shine last year and we saw he had great receiving upside and great receiving ability especially you know he's not just a, a tight end where you know he gets the reception and immediately gets tackled he has a, a good amount of run after the catch ability so yeah i really i really like that that take blake who would you take kyle pitts or Oconquo? um it's interesting because i think kyle yeah. pitts yeah we know they're your two favorites. Your two best. Your two best. This, this might be a weird way to answer the question, but I'd rather a Conquo because I can get him for more value. I think Pitts still might be better, but where I can draft Pitts compared to where I can draft a Conquo, I'd rather take a Conquo. No, I think that's, that's a, a great way to answer that question. A Conquo, I think. I think honestly, he might have been on par with Kyle Pitts last year in points. Oh, he was actually better. Kyle Pitts is trash, yeah, bro. Exactly. <laughs> Although so, I will say though that Pitts will have good value this year because yeah, last year, remember, hopefully. everyone was taking him in like the third round. Dude, that's when He's I took probably him. Probably going to be a sixth, seventh rounder this year. If you can get Kyle Pitts in the seventh round, that is really great value for him. Yeah, no. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is that low. I still love Kyle Pitts too, but ah, oh, dang. Well, Chick is getting a lot of hype right now, so. If they end up being drafted really similar to each other, I'll probably Pitts is the move. I'll probably lean Pitts, but I do love Chig, and if I don't end up with Chig, I'll be, I'll be quite sad. But in, in I do. real football though, yeah. like real football, where a tight end actually has to block, I think Okonkwo is the better tight end all around. Yeah, but it's but funny because Okonkwo doesn't really block either. <laughs> it's yeah, tiny but, bit. I mean, Pitts has never blocked in his life though. No. Like, bro has Pitts is on yeah. his body. Yeah. And uh, the Titans did draft a tight end out of Cincinnati, Josh Wiley. And I like that. It, it, like, it's not one of those things where it's, oh, they might split now. I like it because Josh Wiley is not a Chigakonko. He's not a Kyle Pitts. He's not like a, a super demon athletic tight end that's like literally receiver in disguise. He's an actual tight end that's actually going to block, which just means Chig can actually run routes. Because last year, he did block a little bit because they needed him to. When Hooper wasn't available to play, Chig had to block. But now there's Josh Wiley there who's going to block, and then Chig can do his thing, which, I'm, which I like. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, I, I think your logic's great. And I know how much you love your boy, Oconquo, a Titan. Yeah. But I know it's painful for you to diss on Pitts every now and then. Oh, I do love Pitts favorite. too. Something about those athletic tight ends, I think, is just so cool. I like Waller too. You'll, you'll fall in love with Dalton Kincaid then. He's a freak of athleticism. Yeah, that is true. Maybe I will. Any last thoughts? Anything about fantasy you guys want to talk about? Um, Just one person that I initially had on my sleepers list but i just i took him off because i didn't think he's a sleeper is Jahan dotson oh. and so while a lot of people i don't think are considering him a sleeper because you know he was a first rounder last year i think he could be a really great value player i think Jahan is going to have a much better year he was out a lot of last year you give him a full year 
he's going to be a beast on the field. And so, yeah, I all I'd say is, you know, if you're sitting around and you see Jahan Dotson there on the board, consider him. He's going to be a good player this year, a solid flex player at minimum. Yeah, if Sam Howell can pan out, then Tarek Lawrence going to be a superstar. And Jahan, I could see catching a lot of passes too. I mean, last year we saw him, even without that many receptions, he was like probably the favorite target in the red zone. Oh, yeah. He had a bunch of touchdowns. So that's what you love in fantasy. Yeah. All right. Everyone good? I think we're all good. Thank you guys so much for watching, if you're still watching at this point, And we'll be back soon for sure. And go follow us on TikTok. Go follow us on Instagram. We're going to be posting a bunch. We're going to start a YouTube channel where we're going to post these podcasts. So if you want to not only listen, you can see us, see us rage at each other and give uh, dirty looks and stuff. So thank you guys so much for watching. Peace from Blake, Quinn. Cool. And Cole. Yeah. See ya.